you can hear my voice, you're listening to the Northside Story Podcast. My name is Blake the Cat Miller. As always, I'm joined by Jake Hands Baki. Jake, how are you doing? Doing pretty good. I'm ready to win this week, and thankfully, Phil fell asleep. So Definitely fell asleep at the wheel. Before we get started the episode, um, I always like asking you questions, trying to keep you on your toes. Uh, not NFL-related question, but I know it's a hot topic, and I know you and I have been following it a lot, but... College football, Dion going up against Oregon. What do you think? Um, I am a big fan of what Dion has brought to college football. I I will say that I didn't buy into it until I watched um, the beginning of the Colorado Nebraska game, in which I was like, you know what, this is a team that that is fun to watch. Now, are they going to be? I'm a big Pac-12 guy because my team is the UCLA Bruins, um, and I've watched Pac-12 football for a long, long time. This is the last year of the pack. Um, and it's just ironic how deep the pack 12 is this year and how yeah. good they are. Um, it seems like, like the top eight teams have legitimate quarterbacks, good defenses. Um, and I can't see Colorado getting out of the pack 12 above 500. So I actually think, and it's, it sucks that Travis Hunter, who is so dynamic and so good. And we're going to watch him on NFL Sundays in a few years and be like, I'm not comparing him to Otani as far as pitching and, and hitting. I don't think that's a fair comparison because I think mm-hmm. it's going to be extremely difficult for him to play wide receiver and corner in the NFL. But saying that it sucks that he's out for a few weeks and he's not playing against Oregon. He's not playing against USC, which is like a huge hit to them. They yeah. are 21 point underdogs this week, which I think is shows you how deep this PAC 12 um, conference is. Oregon is a very good team. I can't see Colorado. I'm stoked for Colorado. It's cool. I do think Dion will leave in a few years, but Colorado for the next couple of weeks, I think they'll come down to earth and I can see them struggling mightily against uh, these powerhouses in the PAC 12. I don't think a lot of people are going to appreciate that sentiment. I think this is a fun story. So let's hope that it stays fun because uh, gosh, I, even at like work, people don't even watch sports. They're, they're always talking about Colorado. They're like, Oh, I watched the Colorado state game last night and, their coach, what it's just, it's crazy what that, what Dion has done in the college circle. That I mean, it's gotten me watching. I'm not really watching Colorado sure. games, but I'm just, I'm surrounded. I'm interested about the other teams around the, around college football, and it's just this big buzz. So um, I would say take them with the points. I think 21 is a lot, and I still think they're going to score. But yeah, I, I still think it's they're still an exciting team and fun team if they lose a couple games. They're, yeah. I think they are a bowl team, and it's going to be cool to watch them at a bowl. And it's really cool to see all like the celebrities and how much of like, you know, they're doing concerts before college game day is coming out. And it's cool mm-hmm. to watch all that. And I don't think that necessarily goes away in college football. I don't think they were picked literally to be the worst team in college yeah. sports. So yeah. for them to even win six games to be a bowl team, that's all you need to win to be a bowl team, I think is a huge success. And he's, he's obviously a great coach and a great recruiter. And I can see them, you know, becoming a powerhouse in a few years. It will be interesting where they go, though, because they are they right now are kind of like a free agent. Most popular bet that I saw heading into the season was Colorado under three and a half was three and a half wins. Mm -hmm. So what a wild ride. Uh, What a wild uh, cover that would be if something if they were to finish out the season. Wouldn't that be crazy? No, they'll, but, they'll beat Cal or Arizona, yeah. Arizona State. Those are some terrible teams. But uh, speaking of terrible teams, we got some bad teams in our fantasy football league, and we're going to go over the matchups. We're going to point out who we like, who we don't like. We got your bets. 
another solid week from Jake. And we're going to talk about my underdog pick. I'm one and one as well. So packful episodes going to be a long one, but it's going to be a good one. Listen through. Thank you for joining and let's get going. First matchup, we're going to discuss QB sneaks, rum runners, rum runners is two and L QB sneaks one and one. We got some guys that have already started this week with the uh, Niners and Giants game. Chris McCaffrey tuck one in. Saw some crazy stat that if you'd roll over do a hundred dollar bet. Yeah, did you see that, Jake? Hundred dollar mm-hmm. bet on any time touchdown. Chris McCaffrey rolled over for the streak that he's going on right now. It's like something like six hundred, seven hundred thousand dollars. Something yeah, crazy like yeah. that. It's insane. I actually like thought when I read that at first that he scored a touchdown in in all those consecutive games that that was like a fake stat. Like I thought I was getting ball sack sports. Yeah. No. It's just that's how consistent he is and. Mm-hmm. Him on the Niners is just something special. It's one of those. It was like when he was on Carolina and that team was kind of falling apart. The Cam Newton era was kind of falling apart there. There are certain players on certain teams. You just love, you would love for the opportunity that they can go to a situation where they're on a good team. They have a chance to win. And Chris McCaffrey is definitely one of those guys. And it's definitely paying off him for him in the playoffs in this fantasy season, last season, just his career. So I'm excited about that. Darren Waller. I'm not excited about so much preseason hype about his involvement, especially in the, especially in the preseason, like how involved he was. This offense is just in such a disarray. Um, This was a tough matchup. Obviously we always, we expected it, but expected a blowout. If there's any, if there's any uh, down point with the Niners defense, it's definitely their, their corners, but even their safeties are good. It was a tough matchup. Thought offense would get there. You did it. What a bummer of a 3.1 for Darren Waller and Niners mm-hmm. defense. But talking over QB sneaks team, biggest question mark, as always, Justin Fields. When do they start downgrading projections? Because 19 seems a lot against KC, who is, you mentioned in the last episode, very sneaky defense. Yeah, I uh, I think this is, the thing about Justin Fields, though, is that he just scores rushing touchdowns. So, like, He's going to, if you look across really quick at Nick's team and you see Deshaun Watson at projected at 17.7, you know, Justin Fields is probably going to have less throwing yards than Deshaun Watson. Um, I think it actually might be close as far as yardage throwing, but Justin Fields is probably their best one yard line option. Um, so trying to punch it into the end zone and that's kind of what you want. I mean, we're talking about fantasy, right? So <clears throat> while Justin Fields might not be, the most serviceable quarterback, especially early on in the season. Uh, they're not, it's not like they're making a change anytime soon. And he kind of gets you, he has that potential of getting into the end zone with his legs. So Justin Fields to me, I think 19 is, is a little high, but I can see him getting there, right? Like if you look at his stats this year and his points this year, first week, Oh, actually, you know what? You're right. 14 and 14. I thought he had more than that. So it is a little surprising. And the first week I will say like he had nine carries for 59 yards and it wasn't like those design runs like we were talking about. They're kind of just scramble drills. But, you know, if he punches one in the end zone, then you're looking at 20 right there. So Justin Fields, I think around 17, I think they're going to be, you know, down most of this game. So I think there's going to be a lot of um, there might be a couple drives in the fourth quarter that kind of tack on that garbage time which um, a Shane is going to need in this matchup. And I think his saving grace because of the, uh, the low scoring Darren Waller is going to be that Chargers stack that he has right now. Joshua Kelly, Keenan Allen. Why don't you touch on that matchup? Cause I know that's your team and 
going up against a just a very leaky Minnesota Vikings defense. What do you expect out of those two Charger players, Jake? Yeah, I uh, Austin Eckler is still questionable. He hasn't practiced the last couple of days. He's been at practice, but he hasn't necessarily practiced. I don't think he plays again this week. So I think Josh Kelly is the play you have to make here, especially because Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook last week had very bad games and tough opponent in Dallas. And they go up against a decent uh, defense in uh, New England. But I will say Raheem Mostert made them look terrible, um, especially that front seven. So if Austin Eckler plays, I think a Shane has a very tough decision to make. And I understand Josh Kelly is going to be the RB2 in that offense. But I still think he's going to get 15 carries no matter what. So I personally would stay with Josh Kelly. Keenan Allen, I think, is just be- going to become a huge part of – I mean, he is a huge part of the Chargers offense. He's the number one go-to. But I think for fantasy purposes, he's going to be, you know, a top 10. We'll say this, of course, disclaimer, if he stays healthy. But I think he'll be a top 10 fantasy wide receiver this uh, this season. So, Shane, you can already uh, – I like how when we get the year going, people start placing people in certain positions. And Keenan Allen's already – got onto the wide receiver two spot and AJ wow. Brown has dropped to the flex position. See, he's, he's doing what I do. I organize my wide receivers by like who mm-hmm. I think is the best. Now, the only other note I really want to touch on with his team is that he made the big waiver move, picking up Jerome Ford, obviously with the injury of Nick Chubb. Yeah. You know, that's something that I RB1. forgot. Mm-hmm. What, what is your thought here? Let's say Joshua Kelly, Joshua Kelly is the lead back. No Eckler this week. Mm-hmm. He's, he spent all this money on Jerome Ford, and I'm in the I'm in the belief if I'm spending sixty percent of my fab to pick up a guy with this hot pickup, he's got to be someone that I'm plugging in week one or the week the first week I get him. But sure, what what's your thought there? Is there any play out the situations? Uh, Eckler available? Eckler not available? Do you do anything with that lineup with Jerome Ford? Well, the tough thing is that Jerome Ford has such tough schedule like a tough schedule the next few weeks and he plays that Tennessee defense that Josh Kelly just played and Josh Kelly just dropped I think what 3.9 yeah so I am very much a non-believer in Jerome Ford um I think everyone fell in love with two plays um that he had made one being where he hit the wrong hole and he got lucky that he just happened to hit the back end of his lineman yeah and look over to his left and that's like the play just was one of those those plays that he just happened to I mean, decent awareness, but he has speed. So that is the thing that definitely helps him out. But I don't see him being someone that is going to be worth, you know, how much did a Shane uh, spend on him? 50%, 66%. I think that's a crazy amount. Um, mm-hmm. And a Shane is actually, if you, if you remember back, he used $31 on Joshua Kelly. So a Shane is completely out of money already. He's at $0. Um, for the rest of the season so I'm not a big Jerome Ford and the, the touchdown that he caught too was a complete broken play where he kind of just leaked out and was open in the end zone so I don't know I'm not like a huge believer in Jerome Ford but it does beg to it's interesting I, I think you get to roll with Josh Kelly if Austin Eckler is does not play now if Austin Eckler does play I would probably lean Jerome Ford because you know he's going to get the guaranteed carries but I think that's a really tough decision. Yeah, and you mentioned the broken play. That throw came from run runners quarterback Deshaun Watson. Uh, we go over to that team, and I don't know God, why. If it Deshaun wasn't for that one throw, it would have yeah. been one and one right now. Well, but we're on the week three. We're not talking about you just yet. <laughs> but uh, Deshaun Watson's still in the lineup. Um, there's really nothing 
Nothing much to say about uh, Rum Runners. He had a big Thursday night with uh, Debo Samuel. Yeah, back to back big Thursday nights for his, his yeah, team. It's all. It's we always talk about. There's nothing better than going into going into the fantasy football week and you put up a twenty burger with Debo. Debo looked great. He got knocked. Um, text messages were flying between me, you, and Nick when Debo went down with that. It looked like he just got the wind knocked out of him. But yeah, that's all that it was. Jake was pouncing. You were pouncing, already looking oh, yeah. for trades, trying to take advantage of that, but got right back up. Brock Purdy just threw him a dime, easy touchdown. Um, I was in, I was listening to the radio. Like, yeah, cash, like cash the live over for me. That was nice. I needed. Yeah, that. so uh, good start for that. But across uh, this board, just I would say now, obviously, there's always the question with uh, Devonta Smith and uh, AJ Brown, who's who's going to be making the plays and for that team. It seems like sure. every given any given Sunday that <laughs> uh, that it's either one of them goes off. But what I will say about Nick's team. Besides the tight end position, got to have one of the top four, top five tight ends every week. You're kind of rolling out, but Zach Ertz isn't a bad option. Pretty solid team across the board. I like, besides Deshaun Watson, because he sucks. Um, a lot of his key guys that he's in starting lineups, I kind of like the role in, like, I'm kind of on the positive with each guy. Now, Devontae Adams and the Jimmy Garoppolo, whole, all that saga, not starting off as, like, as gangbusters that, he, that he's – accustomed to but in this last buffalo game was able to uh catch a touchdown put 17 points but tony pollard i've been really impressed it's a great matchup travis etn houston's got a sneaky defense but etn right now with all the injuries to running back all the top guys etn is probably one of the more safer more reliable running backs um i i i I really like his team what do you think jake yeah, I think Nick has a has a pretty good squad. I'm very curious to see how long he rides Deshaun Watson for. Um, and I'm interested what he does in the tight end spot because I don't think either of those two players will be on his team halfway through the season. I think he's going to try to find a way to improve those two areas. Um, he does have minimal depth on his bench. Um, I think James Conner is someone that's serviceable. Besides that, there's no one. I feel, really like, tra- I feel like James Conner is the ultimate trade weapon where sure. yeah. if there's but a really good like, backup. I was going to say, I also feel like he's a very good guy you want to have on the bench to plug in for, for flex or for a backup running back. Like having a third running back is really clutch in fantasy because if someone goes down, you don't have to go search for someone. If you have a bye week, you don't have to go search on the waiver wire and just hope and pray that, you know, someone can get you 10 points like a Tyler Algier or something like that. So I think James Conner is someone um, is if I were Nick, I would probably hold on to him throughout the year just because you never know what can happen in fantasy. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's got very good wide receivers and, not like a huge fan of Travis Etienne. I think he disappears a lot of the time, but I do like Tony P a lot. I think he's a great fantasy running back. He's a good running back overall. Um, and he has the best kicker in all of fantasy sports. Any, uh, while you're talking about Sean and we were talking about options that he can do at quarterback, I wanted to just check in on the waiver wire. Let me throw some names out at you. Um, I mean, that he could potentially start this week. He's got guys that he could drop. Do you uh, like Matt Stafford over to Sean Watson? No, this week. What Not about, this week. I would take Matt Stafford at home against most defenses, um, or like basically. Uh, uh, I just I think it's a bad matchup this week at Stafford going on the road against the Cincinnati team that's going to at home that's going to be like hungry for a win. I don't like that matchup. I got kind of a sneaky. What about Baker going up against Philadelphia? I know obviously we talked about Philly and mm. that and that defensive line really getting there, but. 
rated as one of the worst uh, against opposing wide receivers. Baker has this crazy connection right now with Mike Evans. Um, sure. Back to back, he's got 16, 18, um, no interceptions yet, which is really not his game. Honestly, when we think about when he was with the Browns, very accurate quarterback. Uh, I know last week playing against a horrible Chicago defense. And I guess play, week one playing against that bad Minnesota defense, maybe those numbers are inflated a little bit. But mm-hmm. if I was him and I was I was kind of chomping at the bit, wanting to make a move, um, I like him. And oddly enough, and it's just as probably just as gross as Deshaun Watson as a quarterback option, but I kind of like Russell Wilson this week against Miami. No, that's on the road too, but that Miami team um, gives up a lot of points. I don't know if it's uh, – I don't know if it's by design, by design, considering how good their offense is, but that could be a shot in the dark. Russ, that game against Washington was absolutely brutal, just in terms of just team wise and that mm. that collapse. But if you look at the line, Russ had 300, 300 yards, three touchdowns. I know he hit, he had one nuke to uh, yeah Marvin it? Mims, Marvin Mims, yeah, and he can still throw the deep ball. That might be a high scoring game. We're not take, we're not worried about team wins or team losses or how Denver looks start of the year big game from russell wilson so that's definitely an option yeah i i'm looking as well right now and there's there's some guys on here i think you know i would personally stash maybe a player or two because i don't really see the need for having three tight ends i think you can kind of get that's rid a, of pretty wild of, uh, and, and the thing that sucks is that i get i mean it's it's been a meme for the last week already is like i get the allure of kyle pitts but like, there's no need to roster him. He's not performing on that team. He's done it for now two straight years. So, even David and Joku, maybe maybe you keep David and Joku because maybe if Amari Cooper's out, you swap him in because they don't really have too many weapons um, in Cleveland. But that's you know, <clears throat> Deshaun Watson. Um, I'm not trying to get ahead of Bucky's bets, but that that game is going to be a slugfest, and it's going to be an ugly game. I can see Deshaun Watson having less than 12 points this week. Yeah, I'll touch on it too when we get into my my bet section as well. But anything East Coast this weekend, I mean, make sure you check the weather. Um, updated projection totals for this matchup: 124 to the Rum Runners, 111 to QB Sneaks. I'm going to make my first prediction. I'm going to take run runners, even with Deshaun Watson in there. I don't – something is just – there's always something. There's always a chance when you have them in your lineup, something crazy might happen. Like we saw last week with your um, – was it was it, your, was it on Monday night, that horrible game? And there was, Deshaun Watson was doing everything possible to, to give up the win for run runners. Mm-hmm. But I like his team, um, team as a whole. Getting that jump start from Debo is going to be – huge for this matchup i do see keenan allen having a big game against minnesota i like just both those charger guys but rum runners as a whole he's got the head start he's got the better team i like them in this matchup yeah i am gonna go with a shane i think a shane uh it's not that i don't think nick's team is good i think it's very good i do think that he's got some guys that have big play potential i i do see aj brown having a big week only because i think there's been that kind of um that storyline that he's not getting the ball fed to him. I think they're going to make it a point this week to really throw the ball to AJ Brown. So I see a big game from AJ Brown. I see big games from Keenan and CD lamb, both. And if Austin Echo doesn't go, I do like Josh Kelly. Um, I think Deshaun Watson and um, guys like 
Travis Etienne. Like, I, I don't know. I just have this feeling. I think there's going to be some, some stinkers here on Nick's team to where I think a Shane wins a close one. Um, Nick's team can put up points. Um, so I think it's going to be high scoring. I can see it in the, the 110 to 120. Like, I can see both teams scoring that. And I think a Shane's going to squeak one out. All right, we have the cat hashtag claws up against Fitch. Uh, we have Blake at one and one against Brian, who is two and zero. Oh. A great start to Brian's season after being called a non-playoff contender um, by myself. I have such uh, since then changed my tune um, and upgraded to possible playoff contender. Um, but we're talking about week three matchup here, which Blake has already started off. Two new weapons that he plugged in, um, starting with Brock Purdy. What a weapon indeed. So I made a, obviously, if you're following the Instagram, Northside Story underscore FF, you saw me uh, probably shouldn't be making uh, reels in my office at work during work hours, but... I was pressed with the dilemma. I saw that Anthony Richardson uh, was a no-show at practice, still dealing with concussions. This is second, I mean, second big hit. This one, obviously, in the concussion in his very early career. Got a mm-hmm. little nervous, so I started just thinking about what alternatives I have. And I was looking at the waiver wire. I was looking at what quarterbacks are available. And I saw Brock Purdy. And I saw Brock Purdy because, obviously, I had George Kittle, my new weapon on my team. What a great game for him. But I saw Brock Purdy, and then I thought to myself, okay, Brandon Ayuk is out. And normally, obviously, an offensive weapon on your quarterback team, you're like, oh, crap, there goes some semblance. But what I feel with San Francisco's offense is that the team is so predicated on the run, and Brandon Ayuk is so important to that team mm-hmm. due to his ability to pick up third downs, like third and eight, third and seven, being the sure hand. And with him being out, Part of me thought, okay, they're playing a bad, playing a bad Giants team, um, a sure. team that we've we've seen just get absolutely smoked uh, defensively. Um, and I thought big plays. I thought you know George Kittle. I thought Debo. I thought the offense may take a hindrance, and I may not be getting as much like completions and stuff like that. Maybe it would struggle in the red zone, which it definitely did. There was definitely more opportunities where Brock yeah. could have cashed in, but. I was looking at the big playability of Debo and especially him being more involved. I feel like they peppered him early and often the first two drives of the game. Um, I was in class. So I was watching all the uh, little ESPN highlights and saw a lot of miss miss passes. I think there was one drive near the end while they were in the red zone. They just kept going to Debo like three times. And I'm like, okay, this is a game where they're definitely getting Debo, Debo involved. And I just got to pick my shot and I got to wait for that one catch where Debo catches it in space breaks a tackle and runs for 30. I got that a couple times. I got a touchdown. I got a George Kittle with some big throws. Um, big big play potential was there. I wanted to hit, I was just looking to hit projections. I hit it. And I, I think that's a win for me in that, that regard. Yeah. I mean, it's tough when you have um, the only quarterback on your roster kind of be questionable going into the week and not knowing whether or not he's going to be available mm-hmm. uh, because then you got to start looking at, you know, potential backups or plug and play type of guys. And 
Yeah, I think I mean Brock Purdy was a solid play, of course, and uh, it's you'd rather take the twenty right now and just and you know there could be someone that could boom and go over that, or you could have picked someone that could have gotten like a Daniel Jones like three points. So and I had Jared Goff on the bench too. I just didn't like that matchup against Atlanta. I feel like Atlanta. I feel like it's gonna be a very close game, and I feel like when Atlanta has the ball, their running game is so good now that. You may be your your offensive guys may be matched up by Atlanta. They may win the game, but I swear if Atlanta's running the ball well, you may only get like five or six possessions the whole game on offense. And, and it's not only that you don't know if Amon Ra is like going to be cleared to play. So if you're yeah. missing that number one option already, and with uh, David Montgomery out, maybe the ball's in Jared Goff's hands a little bit more. Um, but want me to trust Josh Reynolds? I'm get yeah, out of here. You just, yeah, you never know. So it's it's always good to you know pick someone that has a lot of weapons around them mm-hmm. and that rarely turns the ball over. Um, and yeah, Brock Purdy a solid play. Um, the rest of your team going into this weekend, um, you have some new players added to the roster. If you want to touch on some of those, it's, it's nice to finally see Najee in the starting lineup. I mean, it's by necessity, obviously, with the injury of Saquon Barkley. Uh, Najee's in the lineup. This is – I'm trying to, like, be careful how declarative I want to be with this statement. But this is – it make it or break it? Oh, this is make it or absolutely break it. Um, this is a good plus matchup for Najee and Pittsburgh in general in terms of the running running the ball. That also means it's a plus matchup for Jalen Warren. Um, this is the big game. I think they. <laughs> I, this is the big Why game. Why did you pick up Jalen Warren? By the way, I I don't like picking up handcuffs. I just feel like it's a waste of space. That's just I know. And I, while I had Matt uh, Breida on the bench, um, but still, yeah, I just don't like. Question I'll ask you after you go over uh, um, Najee. I um I don't I just don't like playing, but I don't like picking up handcuffs, especially on teams on my team. I like keeping a big bench, spread out. Uh, Teams and, posi- and teams and positions and anyways. But yeah, this is a plus matchup. It, it should be this if Najee has any juice left in there and he can capitalize on whatever returns I can get from him, it's going to be this matchup. He's got to be in there. Um, and that's why really I didn't go out and I make a trade. To, I didn't really make a trade to upgrade my running back room because I'm going to stick it out with him. If he, but if he does not come through in this matchup, it is literally make it or break it. And one of the guys that went out and I picked up, Jalen uh, Waddle. This is a great matchup. I know mm-hmm. there's Patrick Chetan running around there, but this you got to have this. You have to have players on the Miami offense. And Jalen Waddle is someone that when I did my draft strategy, going triple running back and a quarterback for my first four picks, I knew my wide receiver room was going to struggle, um, and I knew that there was going to be a position, as we saw in the last couple of days, where I'm going to be making trades. I want to address that room. Jalen Waddle is a guy that I that after seeing how this Miami team has came out. Um, out of the gate, just absolutely firing. Tua looks good. Um, I, I I feel like the best is still to come out of Jalen Waddle, and uh, I'm excited for this matchup. I'm excited for Mike Williams against Minnesota. Um, I talked to Jake right before this uh, this recording, and out of top five guys targeted this year, um, without a touchdown, Mike Williams is like fourth. So definitely do. And I'm excited to roll out now that I traded Mike Evans, Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison against the Chargers as well. This is going to be either – it's going to live up to expectations and it's going to be like a 35-35 to 35 game. Or this is going to be like one of those random stinkers where they score like 15 points total. And it's just like pick o- like turnovers and stuff. But Jordan Addison, 
I said it last week. I got to roll him out there. He's got the big play potential. It doesn't matter. Justin Jefferson uh, is on the field with him. He's obviously a focal point. He all I need him to take one, uh, take one deep and, and catch catch one of these ones that he's been catching the last two weeks. So, what do you got to say about my team, Jake? Yeah, I I think you have good matchups this week. I'm I'm not even gonna talk about Najee because I don't think he's gonna do anything. Just, yeah, um, that's fine. Derrick Henry, I think that one is kind of sneaky tough with Cleveland's like. I'm watching that Monday night game, which the Pittsburgh Steelers have no reason to win that game. Um, their front seven is nasty. Like they yeah. have some dudes that just eat up space. So Derrick Henry, of course, is super talented, biggest back, so fun to watch. But I do think this is, and once again, Bucky's bets, this is going to be a game that I feel like is going to be super low scoring. So I, I think it's a game that if, if Derrick Henry doesn't get in the end zone, you're looking at, I think, less than 10 points. Um, yeah, I can see that. So, Especially coming into this week with his turf toe. Uh, sure. The turf toe, I believe. I know he's battling some injury. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, he's questionable. Issue. Yeah, so I, I think this is going to be a tough game for him, but I do like your wide receiver matchups. I will say about Jordan Addison, who I think is very good. I liked him at USC uh, last year, that connection with Caleb Williams. Um he is very touchdown dependent. So if you don't get that touchdown, he is not someone that plays a lot of snaps um, and doesn't get too many targets. So uh, big play potential is nice, of course. And I do think, I think, I think a shootout, I'm not sure if it's going to be a shootout and I don't think it's going to be, you know, one of those like 13 to 10 games where there's turnovers. But what I can see is both teams like not converting fourth downs in the middle of the field. Um, and I could see like a, you know, 24 to 21 type of game. And with those, you just have to hope one of those touchdowns is is someone from Jordan Addison. So Mm -hmm. I like Mike Williams. I do think Jalen Waddle has a better game than he has had in the last couple of weeks, only because I can see Pat Sertain shutting down one side of the field. And perhaps that's the side that Tyreek is on and which really opens up Jalen Waddle, um, to, to take advantage of that. So, yeah, I, I do like some of your matchups, and I think that um, I'm not sure if there's anybody on your bench that I would sub out. Um, perhaps Godwin for Addison, but if you're going for touchdowns and big plays, then I get it. Um, but everybody else, I think, it's pretty much, I think this is your lineup. This is my lineup. It, it, seemed, it seemed pretty easy to set it up. But uh, going over to Fitch's team, 2-0, and like we said, his team's just performing at a high level. Um, Chris Olave, Justin Jefferson, and starting wideouts, both plus matchups. Justin Jefferson against the Chargers, it's going to be. Did you see what the line is for his yardage this week? It's got to be like mid mid nineties. It's like one hundred two and a half or something that is like that. Insane. <laughs> yeah. Um, James Cook, like I said, I'm shutting my mouth on him. Uh, good matchup against Washington. I guess I'm, I'm book is still really out on Buffalo. Is this the way they're going to be playing? But James Cook is definitely someone that I'd feel comfortable starting, I guess, at this point as my RB1. Miles Sanders got banged up a little bit. This is another weird, why is he projected at 14? I know Seattle kind of pooped the bed week one and they let Kyron Williams jump all over him, but um, they they did their job against the running game against uh, Detroit. Do you have mm-hmm. anything on that? I think the only reason why this is high is because Bryce Young is out. So perhaps they're going to be feeding the ball a lot. And you would think the the defense would know that. Um, but there's going to be a lot Andy more Dalton. opportunity. It's, 
It's not like it's a bad quarterback. It's Andy Dalton. Like, <laughs> There's a reason why Andy Dalton's been on like five teams in the past five years. Veteran he's not leadership. a good quarterback. <laughs> yeah, it's his leadership, and he's just not a good quarterback. But um, I don't think he's – yeah, I, I think he struggles because it's, it's hard to just step in and just perform. I get it. He's a veteran, and he can do it. I just think that they're going to run Miles Sanders 15 times, try to get out of Seattle um, healthy and and go on to next week. Um, but I could see check downs to Miles Sanders. I could see, you know, him getting it would be nice. I think it would be nice also to for just in general to get uh, Chuba Hubbard some playing time because I don't really see much in Miles Sanders. Um, and I feel like whenever I watch Chuba Hubbard, I'm like, this guy's like not bad. No, um, but it yeah. just I just feel like he just never gets a lot of playing time. Yeah. Uh but there are a couple of guys on Brian's bench that I think, you know, instead of Miles Sanders or even Zay Flowers, I think it's it's hard to to like put those guys down there and not play them like Gus Edwards, he's going he's the only Justice Hill looks to be out. Mm-hmm. He's the only running back back there. They signed Kenyon Drake to the practice yeah. squad and I think they're going to play or he's going to be the backup running back, but Gus Edwards like they're going to move the ball at home against a mediocre defense in the Colts. And I think Gus Edwards has touchdown potential. Um, so he's definitely someone, I think that's one where you look at projections and you're like, Oh, Miles Sanders has to be the play, but I wouldn't be surprised if Gus Edwards outscores Miles Sanders. I, and not even that one. I, I, I know he had a bad week last week, but the volume's still there. I think it's going to be a good matchup. I don't get why Tyler Algier is ever on the bench for any team. That's definitely a guy that I would plug in. Um, you look at the success and everything. Everyone talked about Bijan Robinson back to back week, 15 carries uh, that game against green Bay was just a bad, like ugly game all around, mm-hmm. but he's heavily involved. And I, um, what the biggest strength that I believe for, I believe for Detroit is their pass rush and get in, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I see, I see a big boom potential with him this week. I think people may be a little bit scared about the output that he had last week, but that team runs the ball. They run the, they're going to run the ball 50 to 60 times a game. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about heading into this year, we talked about the question marks with what's Tyler Algiers involvement in this team. Cause we both know he's really good. Um, I definitely, I wouldn't be surprised if Tyler Algier outscores Miles Sanders. And I think he should be in that flex spot, but like you mentioned, they're going to be moving the ball. Baltimore um, against Indianapolis. And Zay Flowers is, I think he, he didn't have such, such an electric week. I think compared to week one, because of all the flashiness Uh, targets came down by half receptions came down. Um, That was tough game, like really close game in the division, but he, he's still a guy that I, I guess it's hard to put on the bench because when you watch him on tape, he's, 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 he's pretty special. Yeah, I, I don't really have too much to say about Zay Flowers. I think he's a good player. I just, it's hard to like want any of those. I know I just talked about Gus Edwards, and the only reason why I talked about him because he is the number one running back. But yeah. I feel like there's just a couple guys at Baltimore, and Zay Flowers, I think, eventually will be the number one if he's not already. But like, you just never know where, who's getting the ball, like when Lamar throws it. So, yeah, you know, it could be a Rashad Bateman, it could be an Odell if he's healthy. They have Mark Andrews. So, like, I don't know. I don't see Zay Flowers as a – I think Brian makes a change before Sunday, um, and I don't yeah. think this is his final lineup. Okay. Well, it's not his final lineup. You can make any guesses on what that substitution will be, but we've got the matchup here. Who do you like, me or Fitch? I've, this is tough because I think your wide receivers definitely have – 
this has to be the week I feel like for Mike Williams to have a touchdown. And I think Jalen Waddle could have a touchdown, but I think he has, you know, 80 to 90 yards. And if he can get that touchdown with that, I like your team, but I really don't like your running back matchups. And I look at Brian's and I think he has like two good matchups and I'm kind of not sold on the rest. Um, but I'm going to go with the boom potential of your squad. Um, and I'm going to take your team to um, win and with Brian to get his first loss. Um, I was pretty confident in my team even before Thursday. I know it's that's why we should do it earlier so we can actually like think that this claim was good but i i like my matchups a lot i love mike williams i love jalen waddle i love george kittle and i think it's going to come down to i think it's going to come down to two factors um jordan addison getting a touchdown and Najee hitting projections um uh, if i get a four or five from Najee because jalen warren takes over that game and he does what I know it seems like at any point during the season, he's going to take over that role, then I'm in trouble. But it's a plus matchup for Najee. I feel like they got to throw him out there one more time. He had a couple of big runs last Monday. If I hit projections with Najee and I, and I can get one of those 30, 40 yard touchdowns from Addison with his limited targets um, that he's been having to start off the year. I think I got this in the bag. We got the Notorious going up against Team Mercier. Team Mercier is one and one. Notorious two and zero. Oh. Josh Jacobs stinks again, Jake. What, what's going on with that? With Josh Jacobs? Yeah. No idea. Josh Jacobs. I think uh, you know it's going to take him some time to kind of get back into that. Just that role that he had. Not necessarily a role, but like his production from last year. Um, you know, holding out all over the entire summer for the most part. Not practicing, no preseason. Yeah. I do think that it takes you some time to really get into it. But I mean, nine carries for negative two yards last week is <laughs> impressive. Like, I didn't even know that's what his stat was, uh, stat yeah. line. And he only had the only reason why he had seven points is because he caught five dump offs for 51 yards. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a very bad week. Um, but I do think that this is a game that. We watched Nick Chubb before his injury um, have a lot of success on the ground. And even though Jerome Jerome Ford, like we talked about earlier, had a couple just that he kind of just broke off um, spontaneously, kind of like out of nowhere. um, We watched the Steelers kind of struggle with with the run defense. So I think this might be a week that Josh Jacobs um, kind of finds his footing, I should say. Yeah, and then I was setting up putting Josh Jacobs down because I wanted to shift and say I'm pretty high on Isaiah Pacheco this week. Um, definitely ramped it up the week before, up near about 75 yards. This weekend's a, just a bad Chicago team. Offensively, defensively, this is a game where Kansas City will get ahead, I think, rather quickly. Isaiah Pacheco definitely touches for a touchdown uh, this week. I think it's a great matchup. I think you so, need to watch his Friday practice, though um why is that well he's he's been limited the entire week and with a hamstring injury so we always talk about how hamstring injuries can always flare up um it's not like it's just pacheco and nobody else on that team pacheco is by far the best running back on that team but they still have two other running backs that they use so to me 
I'm a little weary about starting Pacheco. Now, I don't think Trey necessarily has someone. He does have a Rashad White, which I'm kind of surprised that he's on the bench this week. Yeah, um, after a big week last week. Yeah, and still getting you know 17 carries back-to-back weeks with receptions. Um, I am kind of surprised, and I will say this, I wouldn't be surprised if Trey swaps out Rashad White for Pacheco. Yeah, well, definitely Friday is going to be important because uh, he was no practice Wednesday, limited Thursday. So all he needs is another limited to be active for this upcoming weekend. So definitely look ahead to that. We talked about the Denver matchup with Miami. Talk about Tyreek Kill, seeing what what side of the field, how they're going to – it really comes down to, the, to what does the defense want to do? Do they want Tyreek to kill him and kind of lessen the damage? But projected of near 20 points for a wide receiver – is ridiculous, but Tyreek Hill's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Tyler Lockett's still in the lineup. I believe he had a big week last week. He had, the, yes, we he did. He had that game-winning touchdown against uh, Troy. It's it's this whatever matchup is always the same matchup with uh, Tyler Lockett. Um, does he does he collect a touchdown? Is he involved? Carolina's defense. I mean, they kind of gave the Saints a little bit of fits, but anytime the Saints play on the road and Derek Carr is on the road, it's just a bad team. I still have a lot of question marks about that Carolina team. But definitely with Andy Dalton presumably coming in this week, that may be a game they get at, they get ahead early, lean on the running game, and that does not look good for Tyler Lockett. I, yeah, you know, it was really quick on Tyler Lockett. I just I feel like he is he is the epitome of boomer bust, just like the your typical boomer bust player. Yeah, let's let's do a prediction here. There's 17 weeks in a fantasy season. Um, okay, or actually there might be 16, but there's anyway 17 weeks of the NFL players play. Yeah. How many of those are going to be busted or boomed? Because right now he's got one of each. So there's 17 total. Mm-hmm. And if you kind of like middle it or if you, you know, meet your projections, that's just like a, it's yeah, not either fine. a boom or a bust. Yeah. I'm going to say, so if I were to go 50 50, it would be nine, nine, nine eight. eight. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say, oh, hashtag geez. math. Hashtag math. I mean, he's going to he's gonna bust more than he booms. I'm going to say that by that. And then I will say eight times he busts this year. Eight or nine wow. times. Okay. Yeah, I just – his lows are just so low. And, there are pre- and they are pretty common. Uh, they are. So I just – I he's a guy that you kind of have to strike when the iron's hot or there's a matchup that he definitely excels in. Um I definitely think he needs to look at Christian Watson to see what availability about him coming back this week. I know that uh, they I held don't him out. I think he practiced today. I he, they I know they did this whole coach speak and said that he wasn't held out for uh, preservation of the injury, but it was like a general maintenance day, trying mm-hmm. to play it up so that that maybe they can get him out in the field. But I am I'm interested, and oh, as we see, Mike Evans that I traded him is on the flex spot too. I feel like he's. Once he gets his uh, wide receivers healthy, I suggested Russell Wilson this week. Jerry Judy may be a beneficiary of that. He's on the bench. Jacoby Myers, obviously, after the first week, everyone was excited about him. He kind of fell flat, but still, still a focal point in the offense. He's got a lot of wide well, receivers. He was out last week. Yeah. Oh, there I am. Um, yeah. There's he's got a lot of wide receiver options, and I think Tyler Lockett is one that I know that Trey likes him a lot. So I know he's always going to be. Uh, in his line as much as he can, but he's got other options that he, that I think, I think gut feeling of I'm um, Trey in this position, I'm probably putting Jerry Judy in. I, I, I like that matchup. I think, uh, 
Jerry Judy's got kind of that same gamble that Tyler Lockett has, but Jerry Judy actually collects a lot of passes. Um, what, what, what? I'm confused because to me, Jerry Judy has shown absolutely nothing as a Denver Bronco. What makes you believe that he co- collects a lot of passes? I, I mean, he had five targets this last week. He, there's been weeks when he is healthy and is on the field with this Russell Wilson offense that, yeah, he's been more of a focal point. And I think it's the better matchup. So I think Jerry Drew is an absolute bust, uh, okay. bust since since day one. I think he was one of my favorite wide receivers in the draft, and I was really disappointed that the Broncos got him. But when, I feel like whenever I watch Jerry Judy, passes go through his hands. He can't run routes. Um, he is not someone that I would be able to trust um, in in a in an important matchup. Okay, well, can't talk you off that cliff. Let's go to Team Mercier. Uh, Joe Burrow, still question marks about his availability this coming Monday. He was non-participant today mm-hmm. on Thursday. I think you run Joe Mixon out against the Rams. It's, Rams still stink on defense, but this offense that they have is, I guess, kind of keeping them in the games. Games are going to be close. Joe Mixon's going to be good. Big question marks with her RB2 with Alexander Madison and the addition of Cam Akers on that team. I don't know. I don't think we'll be talking about Cam Akers at any point, but since we got Madison here, what what do you think shakes out in that running back room for Minnesota with the addition of Cam Akers? Look, I, I honestly don't even want to discuss this because I don't know if you saw this. Sam is is she lost a lot of how do I put this? A lot of weight to her squad this past week. You have any idea what I'm alluding to? No. The money in her pocket is gone. Oh, yes. Yeah. She Very aggressive. $100 lighter in the wallet by spending $100 in her fab to get two players. Now, look, this was one of my favorite teams. And you know what? I'm going to have to probably apologize next week and do the same thing that I did last week as one of the highlights of this show is my apology to Sam. But we're getting close to that again. We're getting close to me declaring something about Sam's team where I wouldn't be surprised if she drops a 150 this week. But I will say this. This was one of my favorite teams going into the season. It is slowly becoming one of my least favorite teams. Wow. Um, Why? I, I look at the team. Alexander Madison is a nothing. Absolutely nothing. He gives nothing to a team. Now he's gonna probably go off against the Chargers, but he's he's nothing. Stiggs and Higgins, great. Those are two great weapons. Joe Burrow, I have no idea what I'm getting out of Joe Burrow. Now, if she makes that change to Kirk Cousins, I like the team more. But I don't like. I don't think Zach Moss is someone that is going to overtake that running back position. You just wasted fifty one dollars on him, and then you spent forty nine dollars on Josh Reynolds. Which I'm gonna say made zero sense to me. That sh- <laughs> I, 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 I would hope like, and if Sam, if you're listening, and if you made a mistake and accidentally went meant to put nine dollars in for Josh Reynolds instead of forty nine dollars, you can text me. Maybe we can figure something out. But if you meant to put forty nine dollars in for Josh Reynolds, let's look at the other side. What did I get Puka Nakua for? Thirty nine dollars. So spending $10 more for Josh Reynolds, who might be a good player, and who knows, maybe he'll be a fantasy darling the rest of the season, right? And Sam will make us all look like idiots. I just don't, 
I don't know. I just look at this lineup and like I, I Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, like I'm not, I've never really been a big fan of Joe Mixon. And I just, I don't see a lot of boom potential on this team. Pat Fryermuth. Okay. Like what am I getting out of that? <laughs> maybe I'm getting, maybe I'm getting six points this week from Pat. Uh, Dallas Cowboys defense, best defense in the league. I will say it sucks. Trevon Diggs out for the rest of the season with a torn ACL. It's a big blow to that defense. They have one of the best front seven, so that's good. But yeah, I just, I don't know. It's becoming like she barely squeaked out a win against Steph last week. And we all know that, I'm sorry, Steph, you do have the worst team in the league. Actually, no, that, we'll get to that later. Um, there's a battle oh, no. for, the, for the bottom of the barrel. Uh, but it's just, I'm looking at Sam's team. I'm just like, I just, it's, it doesn't like pop anymore like it used to. It used to like, it like looked on the screen where I was like, damn, that's a pretty good team. But Joe Burrow, I don't know what I'm getting from him. So I would make that change with Kirk Cousins. It looks a little bit better after that. Um, but weird decision making. I, like you just lost the rest of your fab for the rest of the fantasy season. And you can't pick up a running back who don't really have any other running backs on your bench besides David Montgomery. And Zach Moss is just, I think when Jonathan Taylor comes back, unless Jonathan Taylor gets traded, it's just going to be a backup. So I'm going to assume for the sake of everything you just said about her team, is Notorious winning this matchup or <laughs> what are we doing here? It's, uh, yeah, I think so. I don't know. I, I think it's one that that's going to be close. Um, I do think Josh Jacobs has a much better game. And I do think Tyreek has, I don't 19 points is a lot. Um, if I were Trey, I bump up Mike Evans to the wide receiver too. And I put Rashad White into my flex. And I think you have a team that's going to win this week. Um, I, I don't know. See, it's tough because I believe Kirk, Kirk is the 10 a.m. game on Sunday. And Sam's got her her quarterback. I just don't know what she's going to do. I wonder if she'll make the decision before 10. I'm going to assume that she does. And if she does, I think I'm going to take her to win. I don't, I kind of get some of your points. I'm dying about Pat Fryer move. That's my boy. But uh, I think her team's good. I I'm, I am. I have some question marks about Alexander Madison and what's going to happen if, or even if Cam Akers is going to play that week, but She's got something about her team right now that she's squeaking out these lucky victories. And I mean, she's one and one. It's not like it's not, it's not like it's something crazy. I mean, you got to think too. Jamar Chase has done absolutely nothing this fantasy season. And the one guy that's benefited is T. Higgins. And T. Higgins had two touchdowns last week. T. Higgins is not going to outscore Jamar Chase every single week. It's just not going to happen. Jamar Chase is an absolute baller. So you got to think T. Higgins' production is going to drop. And T. Higgins, talk about boomer bust. He is the ultimate boomer bust wide receiver along with Tyler Lockett. I don't know. It's just, it's that, that Bengals team is weird. Like they're starting the season off very strange. And, you know, when is that going to turn around? I just don't know. I I have to take team Sam after all that. Uh, team Mercier, excuse me, not team Sam. That'd be weird. So I'm taking team Mercier. You're taking the notorious. Let's go to the next matchup. All right, meet the Robinsons. I I like that uh that name that switch up. Um, we have Phillips, uh, with his new weapon in Bijan Robinson uh, and Brian Robinson. Meet the Robinsons against Team IR, 
um, Steph, sorry, House Chargarian, Austin Eckler, and Cooper Cup still on the IR. I don't see either of them coming off for the next week or two. Uh, and you still have Justice Hill, who is now out. So you're really looking at Team IR at Steph's team. Um, once again, I feel like we're going alphabet soup with Steph's team, and I, I kind of dig it. Um, but I think there are some question marks as far as who she needs to play in her lineup this week. I I see like there's some, I, and no matter who's on her team or what year it is, it's always Steph dealing with the same like Russian roulette with who to play. Um, it was Christian Kirk last year. It's Christian Kirk this year. Um, yeah, all, her whole wide receiver options and even her flex option with Jalen Warren. Jalen Warren is totally going to outscore Najee Harris this week. I already know it's going to suck, but still throwing him on the on the flex spot. There's it's there's just so many question marks. There's guys that I bet Stefan pick up from waiver wire right now, and, she, and they can be obviously taken in the place of Justice Hill, who's. No reason why it's on a team, but um, she's got a lot of question marks. I like Robert Woods. Um, guys, most consistent in terms of one of the more consistent guys on Houston. I know your boy Nico Collins is dominating that wide receiver room, but Robert Woods is a good option. Um, sorry, Steph, but maybe Christian Kirk after what you saw. Uh, I was very down on Christian Kirk. Um, not that not that I discredited the talent that he was as a wide receiver, but after seeing that first week and seeing that target distribution. I thought Christian Kirk wasn't just going to have an offense, uh, have a part in this offense, but he obviously did. So, and yeah, I think that was a little bit of a on both of our parts, just kind of a overreaction. We jumped the gun there a little bit, yeah, because um, you don't give a wide receiver top fifteen, top ten wide receiver money the year prior and have him have close. I don't know, if he might have made the Pro Bowl last year, and just completely carve like just come get rid of him in the offense. Yeah, so I think that's a good option. Um, I don't like DJ Moore. DJ Moore until you see anything ship or or anything change in that Chicago Bears offense. Any weapons, anyone besides Justin Fields should be on your bench right now. But I think there is a play here that you're very happy about though. And if you look at the first spot on the bench. Damian Pierce should never play football for the rest <laughs> of his life. Um, uh, Ky- Kyron Williams, Kyron Williams now on our starting lineup and seeing I, 16 and a half points for him is, I mean, it's a little insane. Uh, he's been really good since he, uh, him coming into this offense. And he obviously has a big part that Rams offense is exciting, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see him in the starting lineup and I'm so glad I never, now I just have to fix my computer so I don't have to look at her bench. I never want to see the guy again. So I'm happy on Steph for, for doing that. Yeah, I agree with you on DJ Moore. I think DJ Moore is in for another stinker of the week. Uh, I think the KC defense is good. I think Trent McDuffie is going to have a, just have an easy time shutting DJ Moore down, mm-hmm. um, especially on the road. Um, so I would definitely find a, a replacement, and I think Christian Kirk is that guy. Houston's secondary is a little banged up. Um, they're, it's not a rookie corner. Uh, Derek Sting, Stingley, something like that. He's a second-year guy that was drafted super high. I think he's going to be out for a while. So I can see Jacksonville definitely taking advantage of that, especially at home, um, where I feel like Christian Kirk kind of shines. I feel like I, whenever I see a good Christian Kirk game, I feel like it's always at home. Um, so I definitely would put Christian Kirk in over DJ Moore or even Jalen Warren. I do think Jalen Warren has a, has, has a decent game. I think they're going to use him a little bit more. But I think you're 
running a huge risk in starting him um, because I can also see a four-point um, bomb. Uh, but that actually might be more points than Dallas Goddard this week, um, who we don't know if Dallas Goddard even plays football at times. He's just out no. there running around. Um, but yeah, I think Steph has some players. Once again, Steph, you, you drop Odell, drop Gerald Everett. It's okay. He's a charger. We get it. I get it. I understand. It's always nice to have a charger on the team. But Gerald Everett's just not going to be a focal point in that offense. Get rid of him. Take a flyer on a handcuff. Um, Go get Donald Parham. Like, if you if you want any tight end, not saying that you should be starting Donald Parham, but like, if you're going to have to have a tight end on the Chargers, Donald Parham's much better in terms of fantasy with if they're anywhere near the goal line, they can just have, a, have him throw a jump ball to him. I just don't get why Jared uh, Everett even considered to be not only potential, he's not young anymore. He just he stinks. Yeah, he's he's getting three targets a game. Uh, so just <laughs> just drop him. Like go find someone else. Find a find a running back that you think perhaps isn't a good offense that could you know be a handcuff. Pull the Phil Okamoto. Um, just make sure you actually hit on the handcuff, unlike Phil. Uh, mm-hmm. So let's move on to meet the Robinsons. Phillips has. A little bit of a different team um, in trading for B. John Robinson. Him and I made a big trade over the um, over the week prior. Was it before? No, it was after. Uh, was it before Fab and all that stuff? I think it was actually. Um, uh, we recorded on Tuesday night. Okay, I think. then it wasn't because we didn't. It was it was Wednesday afternoon that the trade went down. Yeah, but, um, it was. I guess we can we can talk a little about it here in a little bit in my matchup, but I reached out to Phillips to see um, what it would take for Travis Kelsey, and he basically was like, look, like I have Bijan in another league, it would take Bijan, and I was like, damn. That's like the one guy I really doesn't want to trade, but we talked about it, and we can get it more into my matchup. I like that I have a lot of depth and a lot of promise in some of the guys on my bench, um, and so we ultimately made a deal. Bijan, who I think is an amazing running back. I think he's going to be one of the best very soon. I don't think like it's going to take him a while. Like someone like a Jameer Gibbs, it's going to take him a bit. I think Bijan Robinson has the tools. I will say, though, the only thing that I'm scared about Bijan is the touchdowns, um, is inside the five. Because I've watched both of those games, and I watched Tyler Algier run two touchdowns in, inside the 10 and inside the five. And then I watched for some reason, Desmond Ritter roll out and yeah, throw touchdown passes. Where I was just like, yeah, sure, they look great, but like give the guy the ball. So I don't know. Perhaps they're just kind of easing him in, and eventually he'll get those goal line carries. But he's super dynamic. He's super fun to watch. It's hard to trade him. But Phillips needed to make a deal with with not having Nick Chubb the rest of the season. So um, looking at the rest of his team, I mean, you can touch on Bijan too, but the rest of his team, what stands out? Hunter Henry, I mean, I'm putting my foot in my mouth about his involvement. Um, That team loves him. Uh, Mac Jones definitely has looked like he's taken a step up this year. And uh, having the overliable Hunter Henry, they're probably one of the more sure hands on that team. Mm -hmm. He's got now seven targets last week, six targets uh, week one, touchdowns in both. Like, pretty consistent, like, I think very underrated for one of these, for a lot of these teams, there's going to be pitfalls. We just talked about Dallas Goddard, the walking dinosaur out there. Like not a lot of teams have good tight ends. So that's why it makes it such a premium getting a guy like Travis Kelsey and all that. But 
Hunter I was going to say really quick, I feel like Dallas Goddard is the, is the player that Hunter Henry is. Well, like, no, Hunter Henry is what I'm trying to say here. People think that Dallas Goddard is who Hunter Henry is. Like, Dallas Goddard hasn't necessarily shown much in his career, I think, besides his rookie year. And that's why Zach Ertz got shipped out of Philly. But yeah. Hunter Henry has always been like a very serviceable tight end. He just hasn't really like had chemistry with Mac Jones until this year. So I feel like that typical guy that gets six, seven targets and is a red zone threat kind of used to be Dallas Goddard. And that's definitely gone away. That is no longer what Dallas Goddard brings to the team. And now I think that's kind of what exactly what Hunter Henry is. Yeah. I mean, that's a very good, that's a good thought. I mean, I never really thought about it like that. And Hunter Henry has never been, it's never been something like uh trying to think about like he's CJ Uzama. The guy's great, whatever. But from what, me knowing Hunter Henry coming on the scene with the Chargers, the talent was always there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know the Chargers, he just got banged up all the time. Sure. Development was probably not where it needed to be. And Obviously, he's not contracts. someone that's going to stretch the field. He's going to be someone no. that's just going to be a consistent, you know, you know, seven, eight yard guy. And then in the red zone, he's someone that you can, you can trust. Yeah. And it, like you said, the, the pieces are finally connected now between him and uh, Mac Jones and definitely a tight end that, I can feel very comfortable rolling in and out of lineups, no problem. DeAndre Hopkins, though, get him out of this lineup. I no, yeah, sense. I agree with you. I, agree. I, I, if the the big one on on his bench that I would hundred percent plug him in is Terry McLaurin. I, I know, I know with the uh, the addition of Jahan Dotson, uh, Brian Robinson is really performing well, and they're really leaning on the running game right now. That there's. Obviously, there's some weeks with Scary Terry that he's just kind of a stinker. But coming off kind of a big injury, slow heading into the year, started off the season, four targets, two catches, 31 yards, but rolled in for a touchdown this this past week. Targets are increasing. Catches are are increasing. This is a Buffalo team that, I mean, I think Buffalo is still going to win big. I think still think they're the better team, even though Washington is a much better team this year with Sam Howell. They got a comparable quarterback. And Terry McLaurin is still one of their top guys. And I still would believe most likely to fall in for a touchdown, which I think that there's going to be plenty in this games. Um, DeAndre Hopkins is on a bad team, bad quarterback going up against a very tough defense defense. is not going to give, that's not going to give Tannehill any time to let DeAndre Hopkins run like complete routes or, or yeah, just complete routes. It's just not a good matchup. DeAndre hasn't looked good this year so far. I don't know what inspires such confidence to plug him in, but Terry should be in the lineup. What do you think? Yeah, I think DeAndre is just a name. Um, I love, yeah. I've loved DeAndre Hopkins since he's coming to the league. I think he's one of one of the the most. I mean, anybody on the Texans back in the, the you know early 2010s, you know 2012, like that kind of time, like very underrated. I think DeAndre Hopkins is always is someone who you kind of forget about how dominant he was in the Texans. Kind of similar to like Arian Foster, like those days where like both those guys would go off. And if they ever had, oh, Deshaun Watson was pretty good on the Texans too. But like between the Deshaun Watson years, they've just struggled. And that's when they got rid of Hopkins. And I liked Hopkins on Arizona, um, just kind of made too much money. So that's why they kind of, they needed to cut him and let him go. But yeah, I think he's just a name now. I'm not trusting Ryan Tannehill. I'm not trusting him against a really good defense. Um, and I don't know if you're playing DeAndre Hopkins because perhaps like it's consistency in the sense that you think he's going to get you 10 points and you're okay with that. But if you're really looking for like a big 
time player. Um, I, I kind of like Sky more. I know it's kind of like out of left really? field. Yeah, yeah, but like, it's very out of left field. I, I feel like Sky Moore is someone who, like, I can see him taking the top off of this offense at home against the Bears. And I think if you want a boom play, I think Sky Moore might be a play here. Um, you got to watch if Amari Cooper is going to play on Sunday. Cause if not, I think Elijah Moore is a very, and I know like the weather is not supposed to be great. And we talked about how it's going to be a defensive matchup, but they really don't have any other weapons and Tennessee's past defense is not good. So I think Elijah Moore, which we saw Monday night, Elijah Moore was open. It was just a Sean Watson couldn't get him those tight balls on the sidelines. And so if you clean that up a little bit, I think Elijah Moore can get you 70 yards, uh, five, six catches and, and perform there. I do like Terry McLaurin. I think, I understand your point of view, especially if Buffalo scores, and you definitely need to to combat that. And then Kenneth Gainwell. Kenneth Gainwell was inside uh, with in the trade with Hunter Henry and Bijan. Um, and I guess you don't really know what you're getting out of Kenneth this week, spe- specifically because DeAndre Swift. You're not sure what that role if it's going to be consistent or if they're just going to be playing running back roulette there. So I would not play DeAndre Hopkins, but that also kind of gives you options and you're not really sure who you can plug in yeah uh i feel like uh the philly running back committee kind of goes back to week one where it's it's kind of wait and see yeah make sure you hold the piece that you think you like the most whether it's uh swift or kenneth gainwell i i don't think any of the other two running backs like boston scott boston scott he's just always there and then rashad penny they've shown even with the injuries that you don't really want much to do with them sure. in terms of the running game. So you got you got Kenneth Gamewell that obviously showed a lot of pop in that first week. Um, it's not someone you'd start. I say wait it out a week, see how that running back rooms, and if he gets anything similar to what he had that first week, not obviously the uh, production, but in terms of the uh, touches and stuff, definitely someone he can roll roll in as a uh, bye week RB two if he wants to hold on to him. So let's go over who we think is going to win this matchup. I'm gonna go meet the Robinsons. I'm sorry, Steph. I'm I'm doing everything I can to get you your. This first actually kid. might be. Oh yeah, have you taken? You haven't taken Steph this entire. Season. I don't. I don't think I have. So I think I'm. Maybe almost, the re- I think, maybe just reverse the curse. No, I'm still dicking my. I'm sticking with dicking. Jesus, still sticking with my pick. I'm taking meet the Robinsons. I like the team. I think he's gonna make the trade trade with DeAndre Hopkins, even if he doesn't. Um, overall matchups. For his team, I like Brian Robinson against Buffalo. We, we've talked about a lot with the Chargers-Minnesota matchup. Justin Herbert, I can mm-hmm. see having a monster, monster, monster day. Um, Calvin really is going to get back to it. I, I What we saw out of week one and mm-hmm. seeing the lack of involvement in week two, I'm I'm taking week one as probably a little bit, a little bit under than what I think he's going to be averaging the whole season. A very productive game against Houston in the division. Yeah, like I said, give me the Robinsons. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's hard to choose a team that has, you know, no no offense to – I know Kyron Williams is having a great start, but even just, like, can you expect that to continue? Can you expect Tutu Atwell to continue at 10 to 15 points? Can you expect Jalen Warren to get more than 10? Can you expect Dallas Goddard to get one catch? Um, I don't know. I, I don't I, – some of those I don't think you can. So – Mahomes is literally the only person on Steph's team where I feel like, you know, he's got a shot at hitting his projections. Mm-hmm. I even think Ramondi Stevenson is a tough matchup um, on the road against the Jets uh, front seven. I do like a lot of Phillips's um, 
matchups. I completely agree with you on Herbert. I think Bijan has a good week. Um, I do think Calvin really has a good week. I think this is one of those where, where Phillips wins and he puts up a good score at like 120. Um, and he looks at if he plays DeAndre Hopkins and he's like, dang, I probably could have been into like the 130s, 140s if I would have just swapped him every out for point, else. Every point matters. doesn't matter if it's the end of the season and you're yep. in a tiebreaker or week three. You got to make sure you're putting out the most points every single week. It's important. We always like to save our matchup of the week for the last one. But I don't even know if I want to call this the matchup of the week. I, it's a matchup. It's the shit bowl. The, no, it's the what? The shit bowl. I was going to say matchup of the weakest. Oh, that, okay. That's pretty good. Matchup uh, of the Law weakest. Law Dogs 0-2 going up against Nakua Matata, who's also 0-2. I, a sneaky good 0-2 team. You got to give me that, though. A sneaky good 0-2. Yeah, that's true, but it really doesn't matter. Your team has to perform. So well, we just talked about scoring points, right? And if you look, yeah. I got more I, points than you. So we're talking course. about points here. I'm right yeah. in the middle of the pack. Okay, but how are you getting points this week, Jake? What do we what do we like with your team? Well, I have a brand new team this week. Um, uh, it's not that I made trades because I was panicked. That's definitely not my mentality this week. I just wanted to improve my areas of need and those were the quarterback and the tight end spots um we've talked about on this podcast i personally think i have a lot of depth you know i'm not starting someone this week such as an amari cooper who's projected 11 points and nico collins who's projected 10 points a george pickens who i didn't even see this he's projected 12 points so i have those guys and i also have guys coming back in kamara and jonathan taylor on the bench as well and i'm still projected 116 which i will take every single week So I looked at my team and I thought, okay, where can I get, um, where can I improve? And we talked about a trade and and I got Lamar, who I think I've now solidified a top seven quarterback instead of trying to play that quarterback roulette and not exactly sure. Sometimes it works. Like for instance, with Brock Purdy with you, even with Jared Goff for me last week, he got me 22 points. I liked the matchup and I, you know, I rolled, I rolled with it, Mm -hmm. but I don't want to do that the entire season. I really don't want to just have to, I kind of want to set it and forget it. And I think Lamar is someone who I think there are going to be weeks where I'm going to be disappointed. I I know, I know that, but I do think there are going to be weeks where I'm just stoked on having a dynamic quarterback, especially one now that if their running backs are, you know, we talked about how JK Dobbins is out for the year. So what justice Hill is out. That's you're starting to get like down to Lamar having to run the ball again into the end zone. Um, mm-hmm. which I think is going to be a big boost to his fantasy score. So made a trade for Lamar. And then I made a trade for the best tight end in football, um, perhaps all time. And Travis Kelsey is someone who I looked at my lineup last week and the week prior, and I was like, you know what I need? I need touchdown scores. Like that is how you win in fantasy sports. It's nice to have Puka Nakua and his... 30,000 targets that he gets per week, but he hasn't scored a touchdown. Um, And so while I think perhaps those will come, I know Travis Kelsey is going to get me touchdowns. He is the number one. I feel like there has to be some stat catch to touchdown ratio. He has to be the top um, because he gets you seven to eight catches. And there are some games where he gets you two touchdowns. I think he might've had a couple, three touchdown games last year. 
So he is someone that I knew I had to give up my first round draft pick, but I got a guy that got drafted before Bijan. So I will take that and added Raheem Mostert, who had a hell of a game last week. He's looking like he's running well. I know that he has, I think I've had him on my fantasy team for the last three years in different leagues. I know he gets hurt at some point of the season. So I'm just kind of riding his hot hand right now until some of my other guys get back. But with this new team, I like the potential. I've always liked the potential of my team, but I think I have guys now that I, I can see touchdowns happening at a, at a higher pace. Yeah, no, I see that too. I, um, I obviously have questions about both running backs, Raheem and Aaron Jones. When's the, is Aaron Jones just coming off injury? Um, he's still questionable, practices limited capacity. When are the wheels going to fall off that train? Because it seems like he hasn't been as much consistent. And same thing with Raheem Mostert. Every year, it seems we're starting off the year where he has a couple big games and we start trading him and getting uh, good value for him. And then wheels fall off. One bad game, or, and then he's done for like six weeks. So question marks there. But like you mentioned, you're playing the long game. You're 0-2. Um, a lot of that probably contributes to the uh, draft capital used on Alvin Kamara and Jonathan Taylor. That's the risk that you play. And this is probably the worst case scenario. So this is a big week for you, but whatever questions I have about that running back room, I'm not going to have that when Alvin Kamara comes back. Typically it's pretty healthy. Just got to keep him on the field in terms of like suspensions and whatnot, mm-hmm. but definitely it'll be a good plug in for your team. The wide receivers. I don't really understand the point on Pukunakua. He's still, 16 points week one, 22. If he takes even the smallest dip in terms of like three, four catches and pulls in a touchdown, like his time will come. He's obviously been a, the major focal point in this offense. Sure. And I think, uh, I think it, they're doing everything they can to win the game. And there was definitely some opportunities in this last game where uh, they kind of just fumbled at the, the red zone. Points will be there. He's going to cash in. I think you're you lucked it, not lucked in, but you definitely poured poured enough fab in there to make sure you locked up a number one wide receiver, Michael Pittman. I know how uh, much more involved he is, especially with the addition of Anthony Richardson. Um, I honestly don't even think it'll be that big of a drop off once uh, if perhaps uh, Minshew is is pressed into action this next week. Um, yeah, I saw. Team, just really quick on Pittman, I was kind of keeping tabs on that game because he was someone last week. And I will say this. I don't think I'm owing to because where I drafted guys, I think I'm owing to because I last week I made just bad manager decisions. Instead yeah. of playing Michael Pittman, I could have played any other of my wide receivers um, that had a chance mm-hmm. to start and I would have won the matchup. Um, yeah. So I, I think you know, drafting someone like Nico Collins way like the, the, the reason why I can trade some of these players, my first were over my first round draft pick. My third round draft pick is because I know it's early, but I think I've hit on some of these late round guys to where I can now use that as like, Oh, these guys can probably start in certain areas. Right. Similar to like your Mike Evans trade you drafted Mike Evans, I feel like in like the 10th round. And we kind of sat there during the draft and we were like, why is Mike Evans similar to Terry McLaurin? Both of these guys fell way far and I never Mm -hmm. quite understood it. And it was one of those things like maybe I should have just picked him up instead of drafting, uh, I don't know, whoever, AJ Dillon. Right. Um, 
So I, I think hitting in the late part of the draft, and this is something that I texted you like uh, a couple of days before our draft was like, you're going to win a league in these late rounds if you are able yep, to hit on always certain guys. Do. Um, and I feel like not only with with drafting some of these guys, but also the fab and, and being able to hit, like when I saw Puka Nakua was available, I mean, he's, he was available in almost every single league and people were like, Oh, when Cooper cup comes back, Oh, when this happens, when that happens. But if you actually watched the game, you realized, man, this guy is still like, even if Cooper cup does come back, then he's going to go where Tutu's going and he's going to be the Robert Woods. He's going to be like, he's not going to be Brandon cooks, but he's going to still get eight to 10 targets a game and that's exactly what you want out of at least a flex play. So yeah, that that was a good point you made too. Like I always have been contributing because I have buddies at work that ask me about Puka and the whole Cooper Cup thing. The Rams offense, like they didn't win the Super Bowl, but the Rams offense that I know and love is that team where Cooper Cup was short, Robert Woods is in the middle, and Brandon Cooks was the the third sure. level. And yeah. this team with the addition of Cooper Cup, it's it's going to be interesting on how that dynamic works. Um, who's going to be the short routes, who's going to be the intermediate routes. Um, but the productions, it's going to be there. Obviously he's yeah. not going to get 22 targets, but I think the question marks that you may have in terms of uh, red zone capability, I think getting Cooper cup involved gets them in those positions more, get some of these, the books probably out now. I think defenses are no now going into uh, a game with the Rams that this is this is their offense right now. This is who they're relying on. Sure, and but things will change and they will adjust. Yeah, but they they will adjust. But I think with that adjustment, um, he's just a special player. It's it's he's just crazy. he's a very solid. Like he is just kind of what you want out of a yeah. wide receiver. And you talked about how defense are going to adjust. And I'm not saying that Puka is Cooper Cup, but how many times have we said how the hell is Cooper Cup wide open? Exactly. And he won um, Offensive Player of the Year and broke records asking that question week after week after week. Like, what the hell? Like, how is this? Like, I don't even know how tall he is. He does. He's not a big guy. And like, how is this guy always wide open? Matthew Stafford's going to throw the ball 30 to 35 times a game. And if you can get a wide receiver on that team and a healthy Matt Stafford, then you're going to have a player that contributes in fantasy. Exactly. Um, Um, Let's head over to... The law dogs. Now, I wish there was some sort of stat that you can look up and you can just, you know, compute kind of like baseball reference or football reference, and you can type in how many times has a team started their week winning zero to negative one. I would love to know what those what those uh percentages were. Because Phil Okamoto, our dear friend. Um, the Law Dogs have scored points tonight, but are losing the matchup. I he, he threw in the towel. I mean, we made that joke, and but I didn't know that he was literally throwing in the towel and and purposely leaving the Giants' defense tonight <laughs> against San Francisco. I think everyone and their mother knew. San Francisco is going to roll over this game. One of the higher point spreads, but yeah, ten and a half. The fact, fact that it even went negative is yep. just a. Now look, another, I started a defense yeah. last week that got negative two, um, yeah. and contributed to my loss against Nick. 
Um, and if I would have had a defense that scored one point, I, you know, that would have been different. But mm-hmm. I chose that because I thought perhaps the week prior they scored 20 points on defense and I would, you know, have a better week than negative two. But yeah. Phil, now look, Phil's a busy guy. Phil, Phil has works hard for the city of Irvine. He is a cat dad. And he's a cat dad. Spoiler alert. I know that some people just found this out like two weeks ago. Um, but Phil is going to be a father um, of a baby wow. girl in the next wow. few months. So I know there's a lot of stuff going on, but good God, man. Like, we know you're a fantasy football nerd. We know that you check these. You tell us about your other teams every single week when we don't even ask about it. I don't give a fuck about his other league. He's, didn't he say, he sent us a text today. Zay Flowers, this person or this person, full point PPR. This guy was looking at fantasy lineups, just not in the team in the north side. And I'm going to say something. And I'm glad and I'm happy. I'm lucky that Phil is playing me this week. But this should not stand. We cannot stand for this. We cannot stand for a manager to throw in the towel in week three and just completely give up because it's not fair to the integrity of the league. So you know what I'm going to do about it? Absolutely nothing because he played me and I'm up zero to negative one. Yeah, you're, you're winning the week. Let's talk about his team, Jamar Chase against Los Angeles. Really comes down to the status of Joe Burrow. Kenneth Walker up against uh, Carolina. Carolina team is good. Like, like w- w- there's still question marks. Like, I, like I talked about about their defense. I, lo- I love this matchup. Jameer Gibbs versus Bijan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Atlanta, Detroit. Yeah. That's just you got to tune in just to watch. Game. Yeah, that's gonna be yeah. a fun game to watch. It it really is. It's gonna be a real clash of like two contrasting styles. I would say Detroit's got all these fun fun guys like. Jameer, Amon Ra, Flashy, where you got Atlanta, you just got a bunch of bruisers over there. Mm-hmm. And like something, there's going to be sparks in that game. And Trevor Lawrence against Houston, obviously, Law Dog is in a full effect. I, for the sake of, for the sake of Jacksonville fans, and Trevor Lawrence, I really like him. I love, I love watching those games, but we got to get a better, better week uh, this week because he's kind of been struggling out of the gate. Uh, tough matchup in the division. Houston's a sneaky good team this year. CJ Stroud, Nico in that defense. Um, but I I, I kind of am worried about that week or that matchup with him. And I'm also worried about Amon Ramay State Brown. Is he gonna play? Projections have him at 12, and I think that's probably factoring in with just his uh turf toe or cramping, that's what they're trying to call it. So mm-hmm. but uh big question marks for big question marks for him. And I, I think Question marks for his team in general. Yeah, I think there are a lot of question marks here. Um, I do think Trevor Lawrence has a good matchup against Houston. I can see him definitely rebounding, getting Phil 20 to 25 points. Not sure what I'm getting out of Jameer Gibbs in this game, um, but with David Montgomery out, Jameer Gibbs uh, should step up, and I he should have a lot of carries. Maybe not a lot of the carries necessarily, but just touching the ball a lot, whether it's pass uh, receptions or carries. Um, and he should be the red zone threat. Um, Kenneth Walker, he is just the bruiser inside the 10 yard line. So that's someone that I'm kind of worried about Jamar chase. Yeah, he need. there has to be a week that Jamar chase it's coming. It has to be coming soon where it's a 40 point week and you just sit there. And if you have Jamar chase, you're just sitting back, sipping on some beers and just enjoying your Sunday. Well, Um, he plays on Monday, so they can't do that. Enjoying your Monday. Um, Exactly. 
Yeah, Amon Ra is, I think, the biggest question mark because if he doesn't play, looking at Phil's depth, this is I, I hope he doesn't play because I really like Amon Ra. I think he's a very good wide receiver. And I always like guys that kind of get drafted in the third or fourth round that have that chip on their shoulder, that have a lot of talent, and it's cool to see them shine, which is exactly who Amon Ra is. But, like, you play Kendrick Bourne, I guess. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, uh, I have no idea. Like, I guess you play Kendrick Bourne, who has had, like, you know, some targets here or there, but then he's got to face... 20 targets in the past two games. Yeah, and he's got to, but he's got to face Sauce. So it's just like, what do I what do? I do? Like, I, I don't... Yeah. Maybe you pick somebody off off the waiver wire and you just kind of, you know, maybe you play... Uh, uh, what's the third one? Michael Gallup, because you want to watch him play against uh, the Arizona Cardinals, as Phil is a, as a Cowboys fan. So... Yeah, I, there's there's so many question marks here. Javante against Miami. All I know is that he started the week off worse. Uh, he started the week off with someone that played, and he's in a worse spot. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, with that said, going into this matchup, I'm going to be taking your team. I think you have a... I will just... say, I'm looking at Aaron Jones and Raheem Mostert, and I, I projections are 13 points. Those are two tough run defenses, which it's yeah. it's like I'm hoping one of them can get a touchdown. Um, and I don't necessarily have a running back that I can plug in and be confident to play there um, because Keandre Miller, who um, if anyone's interested in college football, is a TCU running back that was really good last year. And I forgot that they had him. I didn't even realize that they drafted him. And he's fully healthy, and it looks like he's going to play. And they don't have uh, Jamal Williams. He's out. Tony Jones looked okay last week. I know he scored a couple touchdowns, but he might get a lot of run. And But Green Bay has a good run defense too. So well, I, you I'm, forgot also the guy that had 70 yards rushing for the Saints last game. Do you know who that was? Oh, Taysom Hill? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can't put him in as a running back, unfortunately. Yeah. Those days are long gone. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, those are the glory days, being able to place him at wide receiver, running back, or tight end. Um, Yeah. Or quarterback. Uh, Yeah, the quarterback was gross. Yeah, so I am kind of concerned with that. I'm also concerned Garrett Wilson. Like, I, it's hard to play him every week because Zach Wilson stinks. He is so bad. He is, and what's crazy, though, is that he has gotten better because I watched him against Dallas and he didn't mm-hmm. turn the ball over as much, and he used his legs. He didn't crumble in, in the sacks. But it's still hard to play Garrett Wilson because he is someone that you got to hope that he just takes – he catches one and he just takes off. And we yeah. watched with Tyreek last week. The Patriots didn't allow the Dolphins to do that. Now, it could no, be a completely no different – yeah, yeah, it could be a completely different scheme this week. You never know. Maybe they're going to put a lot of pressure on Zach um, and make him make quick decisions, which I wouldn't be surprised. But I feel like he's always struggled against the Patriots. That's why I picked up he the Patriots. Always cooks. Yeah, I mean, any Patriots, all, the Patriots usually cook running like rookie quarterbacks as always. And then I saw some pretty damning stats about Zach Wilson against the Patriots. Yeah, so, so that's why I picked them up. That's actually the only reason why I picked them up is because I thought Phil was going to pick up the Patriots defense. Little did I know he didn't do shit. Um so, yeah, I'm still going to take my team after saying all that, but I, I just have a feeling it's going to be a low-scoring matchup, and and I'm kind of nervous about Trevor Lawrence scoring a lot of points, but I do think Lamar has a good game. I can combat that with him having Mark Andrews. All that being said, I'll take my team, um, but kind of a low-scoring game.
Uh, we are back for another week of Baki's Bets. Baki's Bets, two and one last week, a uh, season total of four and two. Uh, we're going to recap last week. We had, well, let's go over the first one. Uh, that was a loser. The Chiefs at the Jags. This game was one of the most frustrating games I think I've watched in quite a long time. Um, Jacksonville Jaguars had it inside the five-yard line multiple times in the fourth quarter. They came away with either a field goal or they did not get a touchdown on fourth down and they lost by eight. So the Jags not covering the plus three and a half, which is disappointing. But I feel like I was on the right track into thinking that it was going to be one of those slower games, more defensive-minded. And it was just, you know, it was hard to watch the Jags move the ball throughout Today, the two got one though. Oh, I apologize. Jump the gun. Yeah, let's let's on. hear let's hear that that uh, sound bite again. Thank you. Um, the two that I hit on first one we will talk about the Seattle Seahawks at the Detroit Lions. I had a feeling inside the dome, Ford Field, crowd going crazy, points going back and forth. Now that game kind of started a little slower. Only 21 points scored in the first half, but they had ample opportunities to try and score. Multiple times they got stuffed on fourth down at midfield, and I thought, oh, here we go. It's going to be one of those games to where the Seahawks and the Lions kind of, um, similar to what we talked about earlier in this podcast with the Chargers and the Vikings, that you know they would get kind of stuffed and stopped in the middle of the field. But second half took place. We had a bunch of points being scored. We had, let me do some quick math here. 10 plus 10 is 20. 20 plus 14 is 34. 34 plus 13 is 47 points. 47 points scored in the second half. That was pretty much good for the over, which was, I believe, 46 and a half, maybe 47 and a half. But it doesn't matter. Baki's bets, cash with the Seattle Seahawks and the Detroit Lions over. Then we go to the third and final pick of the week. Now, this was one where I pretty much felt like I had it in the bag in the second half. The New Orleans Saints going on the road against the Carolina Panthers. Now, look, we've talked about the Saints. Blake has basically a mortgage. Uh, he just has a house payment on the Saints this year. Over that needs window. to be redacted. <laughs> uh, that has uh, a lot of, a lot of uh, goods on the Saints. And we know how much he loves them. I love them in this spot. A rookie quarterback going up against a pretty good defense. Um, And Bryce Young struggled to move the ball for the majority, basically the entire game, except for that last drive where he scored a touchdown and two-point conversion. They were up 20-9. to Um, Not really any big plays by the Panthers. Um, And the Saints struggled pretty much. Derek Carr only threw for 220 yards and a pick, but their defense really led them, and they cashed um, with the minus two and a half to cover the spread. So let's head into week three here. Baki's bets. Reminder, we are four and two on the season. Now, I did this last year. I did four games last year, and I told myself, you know what, Jake? You need to stick with three, but we're getting a little greedy And I was telling Blake prior to this, I really hate the board this week. Therefore, we're going four picks. So, number one is, I've alluded to it in this podcast, the Titans and the Browns. 
This line is at 39 and a half, which is thinking, wow, that's really low. These teams offensively are not good. They run the ball. Nick Chubb, who was out for the year. Uh, Derrick Henry, who is a beast in himself. This is going to be a game that is just one on the ground. Both quarterbacks have not played well. Both quarterbacks don't really have weapons. And both defenses, in my opinion, are pretty good at what they're pretty good at, if that makes sense. The Titans defense on the ground, great run defense. The bad air defense. But I'm not trusting Deshaun Watson to throw the ball down the field. Now the Titans, sorry, the Browns, they have a good front seven. They have some good players in the secondary, but we did watch uh, players such as George Pickens and some others, the speed guys, kind of take advantage of the Browns throughout the game. That's a game they should have won, by the way. They should have beaten the Steelers. They just couldn't take advantage of it. At home, I see a defensive game. I see one of those 10-3 to scores at halftime and perhaps a 17-13 to game um, to finish it up. So take the under 39.5 Titans at the Browns. Game number two. I'm going to go to Sunday night. Now, I'm not necessarily a big fan of this game, um, but I have this feeling that the Las Vegas Raiders at home, this is a time where they get a high Steelers team coming off an emotional win. They're going to bring them back down a little bit. This, this stadium is going to be filled with Raiders fans, or sorry, with Steelers fans. They're going to overtake this stadium. But I do think the Raiders, after being embarrassed on the road, come back home. They are favored, minus two and a half. Take them at two and a half. I don't think the Steelers are a good team whatsoever, but I do think with some home cooking by the Raiders, Devontae Adams is going to have a good game. Josh Jacobs, I think, is going to have a much better game. The only reason why that Steeler team won the game last week is because they were playing at home. Looking at how much those tickets cost, I'm looking on ESPN with these lines. That ticket costs $352 if you're interested in going to the game. Now, the two games that I told Blake, not a fan of. I hate big spreads. I absolutely hate big spreads because you're already starting down a certain number. But these two teams are playing teams that are the worst teams in football. We're going to start with the Bears at the Chiefs. This is a game to me that the Chiefs absolutely dominate the Bears. They come in. They have kind of struggled. They've been slow. They're at home. They take it to the Bears. They win easily covering minus 12 and a half. The Chiefs defense has been much better. The Chicago Bears in general have been Absolute trash. Give me the Kansas City Chiefs minus 12 and a half. Last pick of the day. Cowboys at the Cardinals. I don't, there's nothing to say about the Cardinals. They were up, I believe it was 28-0 at halftime or 24-0 at halftime last week against the Giants. Lost that game. The Cowboys are looking like the team to beat this year. Offensively, they're clicking. Defensively, they're clicking. The best thing the Arizona Cardinals have going for them is James Conner. If you watched last week, the New York Jets could not get anything going on the ground. It was just bottling up Dalvin Cook, bottling up Reese Hall, very limited snaps. They did start off down very early, 
but they covered with ease. Um, they beat the Jets at home by 20. I could see the Cowboys coming in. You don't have to worry about the weather. You don't have to worry about anything like that. I can already see this Arizona Cardinals defense after losing such a big lead last week, starting off slow, and the Cowboys going in full of Cowboys fans um, in Arizona. Cowboys coming in, taking it to the Cardinals, also covering minus 12 and a half. So to wrap up, we have the Titans-Browns under 39 and a half. Steelers, Raiders, uh, Sunday night football. We have the Raiders covering minus two and a half. And then we have the Chiefs minus 12 and a half and the Cowboys minus 12 and a half. That is Baki's bets. I'm one and one, Jake. Blake's underdog picks of the weeks. My my Washington commanders came back from um, the depths of hell to win that game and uh, put me at one to one. I think I was like a plus 180, 180 line. So I'm going to take it a little bit simpler this week. A uh, very short underdog that I love. Jake mentioned it. New Orleans Saints are getting a point and a half against Green Bay. This is a it's going to be a defensive bout. Uh, PFF has uh, Saints 12th ranked. Green Bay ninth. I think Green Bay might be a little inflated given the opponents that they played um, in their first two matchups. I like the Saints. Be tough with them being on the road, but looking at the weather, uh, the weather is projecting to be around mid mid seventies. I always worry about car being on the road, but I like this Saints team. I feel like they are much better than what these lines are giving them. Short underdog, I think it's just a even money if you win, which you don't know what that means. You put a hundred dollars down and you win, you get a hundred back. Oh crap! I already messed up. You get your money back plus an extra hundred, so it's there even. Jesus. Um, give me the Saints uh, money line even money survivor pick week three we're still here Jake means we're doing something right we took the bills last week pretty much pretty easy victory like what we decided Uh, look I'm not gonna lie though when the Raiders went up 7-0 in the first like five minutes of that game I was like wait what is going on and then I think the bills rattled off like 30 straight points after that I feel like I feel like it's still too early for like major major upsets. Like I feel like those it's usually never come too early. Any <sighs> every every given Sunday. Yeah, exactly. Um, you said it, not me. But we we uh, won with the Bills last week, so we've already been shooting text messages around, and um, we are going to be going this week. We will be going with the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys getting twelve and a half against Arizona. And we're not only liking this matchup um, just for this week, but there's a thought process behind this, Jake, right? Yeah, so Dallas, um, I will say this. Tough news to hear today um, with Trayvon Diggs out for the rest of the season with a torn ACL in practice. I'm not really sure how that even happens. Um, But looking at the rest of Dallas' schedule, now there are some games that you would think that it's winnable, of course. Like they played the, the Giants again at home, um, and they played the Rams on the uh, um, at home as well. Um, That's so a there loss. are <laughs> there are a couple teams here that you know they're going to be favored, but there isn't a bigger. I don't think there's a bigger spread the rest of the season for Dallas than at Arizona, and yeah. Arizona is just a team that like. I have a big bet on them under their win projection and their win total. They completely crumbled, uh, as we alluded to in Baki's bets, or we talked about, sorry, and just how 
they just don't have a lot of playmakers. And watching that Dallas defense just swallow offenses alive and just put so much pressure on them, it's really hard for me to see Josh Dobbs put up 10 to 17 points this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and he can do it. He can hand the ball off to James Conner. Maybe they have some sort of offensive um, game plan. But on the flip side, watching Dallas score 30 points against the Jets defense, uh, we watched San Francisco put up 30 points against the Giants defense. Dallas looked pretty much similar to when they, you know, played the Giants in week one as, as well. I just, I, I don't see Dallas losing this game. Um, now, why we're using them this week um, and not a team like the 49ers um, is because we're riding uh, the Arizona Cardinals train. So we have already kind of planned out these next two weeks. We are going with the um, Cowboys this week. And unless something crazy happens, we will be going with the Niners at home against the Cardinals next week. Um, And there was another close game that we were thinking about Bears Chiefs this week. We kind of want to save the Chiefs for later down the line uh, because the Chiefs do play some easier teams. They play in a division that has both the Raiders and the Broncos, and they play the Chargers pretty well. They usually beat them. But they have another team, and for the rest of the season, they you know they play teams like uh, they do play teams like the Jets. They they play teams like Minnesota, um, and like I said, those Denver games they usually beat Denver at home. So I, I think there there's an opportunity to use them down the line. So there are a lot of games this week with big spreads, which kind of makes it actually more difficult to like decide on who you want to play. So you kind of have to plan these things out down the line. Not every team, even though there's big spreads, not every team covers them, honestly. Like, sure. we can see big spreads, but anything can happen. And um, I, I really dislike this Dallas team. I feel very confident. One of I have no question marks with this team and going in against Arizona. Now that I'm talking about it a lot right now, I'm almost setting it up. But uh, I think the strategy well, think that you mentioned. One, I think this is one where, similar to last week, like, we can say, like, oh, this is going to happen, but it, it is – this would be one of the biggest upsets in years if the Arizona Cardinals were to knock off the Dallas Cowboys. And if that happens, it's one of those where you're like, you know what? you got to tip your hat because there's yeah. nothing – it is not like last year where we completely bought into the Russell Wilson and thinking that they were going to be good last year. This is a damn good football team, if not the best football team in yeah. – um, in professional football. So, yeah, I, I find it really hard to believe that Dallas, you know, would choke in this kind of situation. Well, we're going to roll with them, and uh, we'll hopefully see you here next time. <laughs>